You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Once you get a like a sound in vocal percussion, which is like the like fancy way of saying beatboxing. Uh, once you get a sound that's really cool, it's super awesome. So if I go like that is a sound that's just the kick sound I've been working on a bunch and it sounds so much better than it used to. Um, but the problem is that when you're working on sounds, like I have been trying to work on a specific snare sound and it just sounds like flatulence at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's an awkward thing to practice, and there's spit everywhere. Yes. And if you can't laugh at yourself in that growth process, then you should probably not be taking lessons. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the owl I've made for Siobhan because. I actually didn't make it. This yeah, I was going to say, did you mom. make that? Yeah, I crocheted this. <laughs> and of course, for all the people listening, you obviously have to tune into the YouTube well, that's cast the thing because they can't to see get with at. their ears. If you haven't subscribed to 2020-d.com and realize that there's a visual component to this, um, for the sake of yourself, go on and see the amazing crochet work that is this owl. Thank you, Brooks' mom. We really appreciate it. I'm Betty Goodman. This is 2020, and I'm here with my cohorts, Corey and Siobhan. How are you guys doing? Good. Woo. Great. Excited. And there are more stuffed animal appearances in this episode, which we have part two with the the lady that is behind the charismatic voice, Elizabeth Jaroff. We yeah. get a little bit deeper into some of her other experiences building Fascinating. a community. Fascinating. Like, yeah. Really, really getting in depth with just, you know, the uh, an interesting career and uh, a world that many people probably don't think about, which is, you know, running a successful YouTube channel. No, and, and, being and, a one-taker. And, 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 well, beyond that, uh, building a uh, an entire career around... I'm being a one-taker. She just basically, she's like Larry Bird <laughs> and Michael Jordan just sitting there going... Okay, so you need yeah, to that, tune into that, the YouTube cast. Look at Corey's <laughs> face right now after Ben just literally hijacked his intro. <laughs> yeah. 2020 them. The, the main lesson to take away is is authenticity and how she's grown a business around being herself. And she also proves how important it is to invest in yourself, which is like a right. super great takeaway from both of the episodes. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen. But yeah, just how you constantly, you are your own brand. She really is a great example of that. I think she's the most 100%. quietly powerful person we've ever spoken with because she exudes, just like Bob Ross, like I've said <laughs> a million times uh, comparing her, is that a lot of Bob she Ross is powerful drops in these. with her delivery and her yep. cool serenity. And if you listen to her uh, speak, you'll understand why she hypnotizes millions of people. Yep, and you need to take a shot every time Ben says Bob Ross in this episode. Bob yep. Ross. So here we have. Brown <laughs> Oker. Part two with the charismatic voice, Elizabeth Jaroff. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Siobhan Cronin. Welcome back to another episode of 2020. I'm here, as always, with my cohorts, my co-hosts, my friends, my bandmates in Lost Symphony. Our Chapter 3 album is coming out soon, so go check that out. But yes. don't forget to go to 2020-d.com and subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe. And that, what you just heard, is Benny Goodman, also here with Cozy, Corey Peza. Oh, my God. I almost called Cozy Cozy Peza. I'm losing my the jumper from Rainbow. We're, we're here with the so. ultimate vocalist, and I'm already messing up my vocal chops here. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it going, guys? It's going great. Very excited to be back. Very Ooh, excited. No, I am, Dog. too. And she, and she stuck around for part two. So excited. <laughs> Elizabeth Jaroff. So much interesting information that we got in the part one. So, voice. The charismatic voice, amazing YouTube <laughs> influencer, com singer, slash everything, Patreon, teacher, like literally. Patreon. It, basically, if you go into Google, it's the number one search because she probably has SEO people going. We are the care. Is it trademarked yet? It is. <laughs> also a good business person. Yes. <laughs> That's because I got lucky and was friends through like D and D nerddom with a really cool lawyer who also knows about copyright on YouTube. Uh, well, let me ask you wow. this: Does he have a black lotus? Uh, he doesn't, but he should. Because I got a bunch of moxes, mox. I have a, I have a mox pearl and a mox diamond. That I will, I'm totally looking for an alpha black lotus. Oh, okay. Oh, Magic the Gathering. No, is that is that is that a few yeah, years? Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that my husband would actually have one in a deck somewhere because he's kept most of his magic cards. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So and in the last episode, <laughs> <laughs> we were we I'm were kind of just wrap up. You were going through um, your schedule, which uh, is hugely impressive because you do a lot of stuff. Uh, and, and you're, you know, you're, you're talking about recording, you know, multiple videos a week, um, and, and just keeping engaged with the community on several platforms. Uh, I guess a good place to start for me, I would like to learn is how do you deal with time management and like keeping a work life balance? Uh, I'm not good at work life balance. I am getting better at it. Yeah. So <laughs> at the beginning of the year, I basically said at the beginning of 2021, I said to myself, I need to take Saturdays off. And that's because I'd spent about a year not taking Saturdays off, literally working every day. And my days are usually, they're sometimes they're 10 hours now, but usually 12 hours. So Saturday's off now. That's important, except for when we play Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's technically work. (laughs) So I I love that. But uh, doing hiking and going outside really helps. So I'll do things like I'll go running in the morning and just get outside or go to like our backyard uh, where I've been doing some gardening and that helps keep me sane. Mm. But time management, um, I think is, it's really difficult and it's been particularly interesting to get to learn about this year because I went from being just me about, yeah, a year ago, I was still just me. And now we have uh, three people besides me that are working uh, mostly full-time. Kirk and Paolo are both full-time, and then we have somebody else who's really helping us with marketing. She's How many views does it take mm, to get to there? How many I, views does it take where you get three people working full-time? Oh, well, it's not just the views, right? I'm teaching a ton as well in courses, so uh, and you have Patreon as well, so there's uh, different things like that. Um, so I don't know. Probably the varies, answer. I'm and sure. also the yeah. amount of views you have is not necessarily indicative of how much money you're making from videos. Very Ad important. Adrev is a tricky, tricky, tricky beast. 
Um, and copyright is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, with so you, you're you're playing. That's a good point. Uh, other yeah. other music on your uh, your channel. Yeah. So does that like you said? You mentioned that you had a, a good friend at the copyright experience. I'm guessing that that's come in handy from that standpoint. Sync licensing. It is crucial yeah. for any person that is doing. Uh, reaction that would be considered fair use. So I'm going to harp on this for a moment if mm -hmm. I can. Absolutely. Of course. Okay. Uh, fair use means that it needs to be transformative of the original material in some way. And there are other um, qualifications of that as well. Like you can't be taking money away from that original artist for it to be fair use. Uh, and there have been a lot of uh, lawsuits and litigations recently that have changed how we can monetize things on YouTube, for sure. So wait, you should be a so, transformer, but not a Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's good. Um, uh, so I think that it's really important to know that uh, a lot of people say that if they're reacting to a video, that it's fair use, because there was a case where something that was similar to that was considered fair use, but it was in a specific circumstance. Um, what happens is when you play a song on YouTube and you're playing all, way th all the way through, YouTube's AI essentially will catch that and they'll do a content ID. And they'll usually say, oh, like this is a song by, um, let's see, it's by Devin Townsend. Maybe it's Deadhead by Devin Townsend. And it might even know exactly where it was performed. So it knows this. And often, like 95% of the time, immediately that means that any monetization from that video immediately will go to the people that had that. When or you say that it, video might... Do you mean the Terminator, like Big Brother, Scientology? Like, what do you... Yeah. What is it knows it? Like, Alexa? It, it's a, it's an AI from YouTube that but what uh, is it? has gathered. Ben, it doesn't know, but I and this, it, is, this happens to me with the guitar solos. When I do a cover uh -huh. of something, it will immediately trigger what the original yes. song is. Yeah, because so you're so you're good, talking. they're fooled that you're actually them. <laughs> like, they never, they never think that I'm Freddie Mercury when I'm doing somebody to love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They, they, they literally stop her. They're like, that is a Bach etude by Yo Yo Ma. I'm like, no, it's not, Siobhan. Like, meanwhile, I'm like playing like Freddie Mercury perfect. I'm like, somebody flag me. Anybody flag me, please. Nope, fine. Up there for years. So with the AI, with the AI, there's not a uh, a human element. So I'm guessing things can get caught and there can be issues where, mm -hmm. you know, you're dealing with, you know, Skynet basically. Have you have you run yeah. into anything like that where you're just like, no, this is not supposed All to be all the time. Yeah. All the time. So it's very frequent that I'll play a song and then they'll say that my video is a cover song. I'm like, uh. it's not a cover song. It, it, this is yeah. this is definitely not a cover song. And then it goes through this whole process. And because we're releasing three reaction analysis videos per week, it is very dangerous. And it's one of the mm -hmm. biggest struggles of the channel because if you get that content ID, you dispute it right away, right? That's an automatic thing in the YouTube system. We never are unhappy to receive one because that means that it's protecting artists from having their work stolen. That's really important, but we're technically fair use of it. So we are allowed to use it. The problem is there's so many people that are using it in not a good way the companies that own the rights will most often immediately push back and say, we're not even going to listen to your video, watch it, anything. And they'll put it back and say, no, nope, here's, you have to go to an appeal next. So the next stage, and they make it so you have to go through like additional steps of litigation, essentially through YouTube. 
And that might mean that your video is totally blocked worldwide for another 30 days. Um, it can be a very long time that it's just in the void. Or uh, they might even take it further. If you push back against that appeal and you say, no, no, really, this is fair use. Trust me. They're supposed to watch it. But sometimes they don't. And they just issue a takedown, which is a strike on a channel. If you get three strikes, your channel is gone. Like, wow. Toast. So um, we have to go through a process called a counter notification. And we can only have one strike at a time. And it has to be a temporary strike, essentially. The, they will go away automatically, I think, if, after six months. But Is this it, like getting a speeding ticket? Kind of, except for not. Like, you don't go to prison after you get three speeding tickets. You just tickets. lose your, your entire <laughs> career. Right? Yeah. So literally, everything on the channel would be taken down if we had three simultaneous strikes. And it's very difficult because the companies don't know uh, how to sift through, I think, all of these people who are claiming fair use. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, as a result of this very difficult process, we become much closer to our lawyer friend mm -hmm. who helps essentially defend us. We have to be very careful about planning when we do certain videos that are more likely to have companies that don't watch the videos and will just issue those strikes. Uh, and we've developed really great relationships with a lot of artists and a lot of labels to try and clear us ahead of time so we can be a lot safer. Do you talk wow. to any of these artists prior to doing the videos or post doing yeah. the videos? Obviously, uh, I saw the Devin Townsend one where you had the actual interview mm -hmm. with him, but is that common? Uh, it is. It's becoming more common. When I first started it, that wasn't the case go, at all. girl. <laughs> that's awesome isn't that awesome like you can like literally be like hey i want to go talk about devin townsend devin townsend what do you think about me talking about you i know i like your okay. hair or lack thereof <laughs> right uh and the whole octopus conversation was amazing um but yeah Kraken. it's become a thing it's a Kraken. right the crack kraken the cracky now uh, yeah um it's really beneficial for the channel to feature an artist or a band it it directs a ton of traffic to them. That's how a lot of people discover new artists, new bands, new musicians. They, it's really, really good. It's one of the reasons I love doing it is to expose people to more great music. And uh, as a result, now a lot of labels have caught on to this and are actually seeking out reactors to do certain bands to try and help give them a boost. So we know right now that Ginger is recording some new material. And I guarantee you, uh, because we're friends with their label, uh, Napalm Records, we'll, we'll be reacting to that material pretty new when it comes out, and then we're probably going to Is that why you interview. like Miles Kennedy so much? <laughs> it is not why I like Miles Kennedy You're so, so much. You're so biased, because he's totally not biased. that good. Oh, I think he's good. Oh, I'm joking. I think, I think he's, he's literally, okay. not only is, uh, <laughs> do I think he's like good, I think he's one of the greatest of all time, mm -hmm. and I'm, I loved watching you talk about him, because it's yeah. fascinating, because it's like, I've always known Miles Kennedy is amazing, but to hear somebody who's like Jedi at understanding <laughs> why he's amazing, because it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I, I could hear, but you're like, here, you, you said it, demystify. You demystify it. Mm -hmm. So can yeah. you de demystify something for me? Because here's one of the biggest disputes in my life. I guess I lose, I've lost sleep about it, about how to feel. And I don't know how I should feel. So I feel like <laughs> you should tell me how I should feel. Mm, I love the, the band Queen. Okay. <laughs> My first like 10 records ever um, 
we're Queen, which is why I'm ruined on vocalists because I mean, I personally think Freddie Mer- Mercury is, is the GOAT. Like myself, personally. Personally, just myself, which is such a cliche thing to say now. I liked it was when it wasn't cool for a while then. I don't know. Yeah, they were, um, just, they were just a little but, band. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so, you know, now they have a guy named Adam Lambert. And, you know, as a musician, I understand that Brian May and Roger Taylor wrote all this music, but like, you know, as a staunch Freddie Mercury person, people were like, no, you should push the music down and let it die with Freddie Mercury. But I saw Adam Lambert. I saw him. And anyone that says that he's not good and doesn't do that music justice and do something completely different with it is a liar and doesn't like fun. Um, And I want to understand, like, what's the dip? Can you explain the differences between their voices to me? Because I know that Brian May goes on all the time about how Adam Lambert has a wider range. And I know he does. I've heard him sing higher notes and lower notes. Um, But why is Freddie Mercury so awesome? Well, I'm going to leave you hanging here because Uh I actually going to be releasing a video hopefully soon no! once it's cleared copyright <laughs> uh, which is talking about Freddie <laughs> Mercury and what makes him so awesome so just wait wow. for that okay cool. <laughs> cool. I very, I click, very click the link so in the excited. description and by yeah, the time this, this episode comes out it might be out very there, so cool he read your mind thank you for that wonderful advertisement Benny <laughs> I, when you were you talking least, about... Uh, do you talk about Adam Lambert on there? Can I be... Ex- uh, uh, do you talk about him at all, or is he fair game? It, uh, I don't know. Let it be a surprise. Ben, stop, stop, who knows? stop Maybe to, part two. Maybe yeah, just, well, just I'm let saying, it be a surprise. Pro- that's a good parlay, because they had Paul Rogers, the voice, and Adam Lambert, and Paul Rogers wasn't as successful, but a great vocalist, but Adam Lambert mm-hmm. works. That is a video that everyone will watch. There you go. <laughs> Take that go. to the bank, right? Boom. <laughs> Amazing. You, you, uh, you were talking about like building that relationship with the labels and the, and the band so that, you know, they say, hey, we yeah. got a new record coming out. Like, we review it. And I just, I'm just sitting here thinking like, I wish we had a singer. Like we 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 right, can send we'll exactly. send you one of our songs. You can sit there and stare at the screen for seven <laughs> seven cool seven arts. minutes. You can sit there for seven minutes with no vocals and Corey. then just go like I wish. Yeah, that, that's pretty. two things about that though. In, in response to what you're Corey saying, one we had a reaction of, that I thought was great. Where because uh, we have a lot of um, orchestral stuff and guitar playing, where mm-hmm. the reactors actually said that the guitars are like the vocals, which is exactly oh. what we kind of meant. Which would be interesting to see what you think about that. That's but cool. we do actually have some stuff where we've done some vocals and we have my friend Mike Golars who I'd love to see you talk about because he does uh-huh. Ronnie James Dio we did Gates to Babylon which is a really <sighs> audacious song to cover because as you probably know you should not I guess do the Dio thing unless you're capable and I I thought as a producer oh, yeah. he was capable but like if he's not like I still win because I'd love to see him be upset at me so <laughs> we should probably just send that to her yeah there you go send it to me it's coming it might be out by the time this it's not out yet but it might be up by it's time coming out it's gonna comes. be a thing yes that'd be but. cool <laughs> But um, wow. yeah, so that that's great, you know, that, you, that you're building those relationships and hopefully minimizing copyright issues. As that goes forward, are, are you looking ahead at, um, is, is the channel moving in any direction, you know, differently than, than just going off the standard, um, like counting the, the comments and seeing what people are, are asking for? Am I, am I treading on uh, dangerous water here? Okay. No, it's, that's super fair. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about it in our 250K party, which was like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's growing so fast. Um, 
But yes, two hundred fifty thousand uh, followers, ladies and gentlemen. So you understand. Know, she's now and, and just so you understand, she's at like 000. probably by the time this airs, yeah. I can guarantee she's at over four hundred thousand. Yeah, no that's question. A huge yeah. growth. She probably huge is by the end of this interview. Four hundred K tonight. Yeah, uh-huh. probably. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's crazy. I'm investing in so, you like Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like my blockchain. <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, we're we're going to be going to Bloodstock. Uh, in August, which is a metal music festival in the UK. And we're going to be doing a bunch of backstage interviews there. So that's going to be the first time that we go and and do that. And we're really excited and we're nervous because, you know, we have to figure out equipment and that kind of thing. And I'm an opera singer background. (laughs) um, That's exciting. Can I give you a piece of advice? Oh, yeah. Give me some advice, please. What should I use? First off, your attitude. Oh. See what I'm looking at you like? Too much. When anytime, no, when anyone looks at you She's like you're not supposed to be there, ben. look at them like, why are you even questioning me? That's how you do everything at festivals. Siobhan gets everywhere because she's like, I've never even been in gen pop, which is what she calls the plebeians, okay? You understand that term. She calls them gen pop. Okay, the that's plebes. the people that, the plebs, right? I do not. Um, but, oh she, but she has such a... a a disconnect from the plebs that she doesn't even have a look on her face that would make somebody with a backstage pass even look for it. So the, these are not the joys you're looking for. So to be able to get mm-hmm. the content, you have to look like you're you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be there. That's the mindset that you have to be in there. And, and then when you talk to the musicians, just remember, yeah. They're just animals. The difference they is, just want to be pet. The difference is, she is actually supposed to be there. You're, 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 proje- you're projecting <laughs> right, 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 yourself as you try to sneak <laughs> oh, backstage. Yeah, that's right. They always kick me out. Shit. I'm not on any list. I'm not on the list. I think she was asking more. What should she use to do the actual interview? The H6 Zoom. The Zoom H6 is what you should bring. It's literally you're very Perfect. welcome. If yeah. you go on to Amazon, this thing has a bunch of different adapters. We got one for Siobhan too. Um, this is what I use when I'm traveling. Actually, she for us got to do two podcasts. Um, but they basically have a little adapter at the end of them that you can do for like you know the sound of a room versus uh-huh. direct sound. But the quality is incredible. And if you have one of those running or even two of them running, um, and you can plug things directly in so if you have a lavalier which as you know good sound is everything so you can lab yourself up at least so that if you're pointing something mm-hmm. in someone's face you'll still be able afterwards to control the tracks separately so you mm-hmm. may have your mm-hmm. own track and then the track of whatever noise you have oh, amazing. and that's gonna be and they can have those have built-in limiters too so if you have like crowds or a lot of extra noise you can control that right. where you're getting a very controlled comes in handy when ben screams into the microphone comes <laughs> exactly which is quite frequently, yeah. as we've learned. That's amazing. What kind of lav mic do you use? You know, there's so many. Like, there's a, honestly, if if you're just, it's not so much yeah. about what you use. It's the fact that you're using a lav mic. The fact that you're getting that sound directly. You know, maybe because Corey. You could use Corey, a what do you say? You can literally turn your headphone around and go, "Hey," <laughs> and that will sound better exploding. than using a mic that's not direct. Um, mm-hmm. Almost every time, even if it's an amazing microphone. Your mileage may vary on that one, but yeah. Mm-hmm. AKG did not tell me that. They told me that I could make this a microphone, man. I could sound like an Adele. Yeah. An Adele. I could be in another Endel. If you, if you, if you want a tech yeah. setup for live interviews, we'll send you a message after the show. That yeah, I would I'd love to. Be happy We've been to do that. like very yeah. much investigating this and trying to figure out exactly what to do. We think we got the camera situation down, which is great. Um, because we had a video guy, uh Lyndon Donahoe, recently came nice. uh here to Tucson. I know. We flew him in from LA and he helped us make a music video for 
the next all vocal video I do on the channel. So that's going to be something in addition. Uh, I started doing some all vocal things of my own stuff. And uh, I think we're going to do maybe four or five a year now where it's like just me, all the like almost like acapella. Oh, cool. Thing, think like Peter Hollins, but lady. And um, I'm keeping it very video game themed because video game music is awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did a, like a little house concert where I'm playing and singing as well. So we're trying to work on a couple more musical things in the channel to release. Um, that Have you thought about doing like more uh, events now based around what you're doing now that COVID seems to be like chilling out a little bit, dare I say, that, yeah. um, you know, in, in, in Massachusetts, by the time this airs, I don't think we're even, and we're a very strict state and rightfully so, um, you know, uh, we're not going to have to wear masks anymore. Um, yeah. Are you going to get everyone together? Are we going to play Dungeons and Dragons in person? Can we see you backstage? Because I know Siobhan, it's funny you say that because she's playing with Starset with Metallica. And just because oh, I want to cool. see Metallica, I was like, hey, can we make this a thing for our show? And basically, can you just get me passes so I can like not be a plebeian? You know, and, and so you can go you know, we're going to do the same thing. So pass. maybe we can all hang out and high five and go like, look at your Zoom H6 fun. and they'll send them to you for free because <laughs> you can. Just, you, in fact, right. you should call Zoom or email them and be like, do you know who I am? Have your husband do it because it's way cooler when he says it, obviously, because he, he's not you because he, he yeah. has to go through Pro him. Tip. We do right. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and be like, listen, I was told by three audio engineers that I should use the Zoom H6. I'd be happy to talk about it. Can you please send me 10? <laughs> and then send me Corey and Siobhan Morris just for fun. Right? Right? Um, that's actually not a bad idea. We might, we might actually do that. Should, that's a real so thing. You should he drops for. one good idea per episode. So Brought you to you by Zoom at Zoom.com. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Not, not this um, Zoom that we're on, but the other Zoom. No. Yeah. Right. The, the other Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used an H4N for a while at one point, yeah. but I think it probably needs to be upgraded. That yeah. was like long ago when I was trying to record fully. For video oh, yeah. games, yeah. Um, right? But uh, so interviews backstage, yeah. we are gonna also be at Hailung. I think it's October sixth at Red Rocks in Colorado. Oh. We got those tickets a long time ago. We're doing a meetup there of whoever wants to be at that concert. So yeah, community That's events awesome. happening. Uh, <laughs> I just heard about another one that I think we might be doing at the end of November. So we're trying to post those in lots of different places so people know about it and can come and say hello in person. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about community building and about Patreon because that's mm -hmm. also something I'm pretty unfamiliar with. I know a lot of artists, even that we've talked to, do have Patreon pages. At what yeah. point did you get into that? Like at what level of subscribers? Like how do you know that that's a space that you should move into? And how does that Ooh. function with, you know, building your community? Like what kind of purpose does that serve for you? Like building your brand? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I had, uh, I, I had a lot of hesitancy with Patreon um, because it can get a bad rap um, if you, you are, like, there are, are certain different kinds of people that will use it sometimes, and it doesn't feel like it's, um, like, their people are getting the, the right kind of value from it. Um, so the advice I got was don't, don't sign up for a Patreon or create your Patreon until you have everybody asking for it, just tons of people asking for it. So once... I actually probably was a little bit late because the channel blew up so quickly. But I think that we started Patreon, I want to say it was September of last year. And we're over, I think we're between 500 and 600 patrons right now, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and that, for us... We're psyched um, to get that many views. 
on <laughs> across every episode together. I'm like, dude, together. we've won. Like, dude, we got 500 people that have watched us this week. Yeah. <laughs> and and so of course, like, no, only 10% of them actually watched us. Like, 90% of them stopped after two minutes and 13 seconds. As soon as they heard 63, your voice. Yeah. 63 minute episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, um, I think it's really important that you don't start that Patreon too early because Patreon takes a lot of time and effort. You need to be able to make those monthly goals and those monthly deliverables happen for people. It's really easy to bite off too much when you first start a Patreon. I know I did it. Um, and I even had the advice of not biting off too much. And I was like, oh, man, I totally bit off too much still. <laughs> uh, but I think I was over I was over 100,000 at that point for sure. I was probably closer to 150,000 when we got the Patreon rolling. So big, uh, or might have been right about 100,000 actually when we started it up. Um, so I would say for channels, maybe when you're, Sometimes channels have a really good and uh, involved following with smaller numbers that want that Patreon. People are saying, where's your Patreon? I want to sign up. If you have people asking you a lot, then start a Patreon. If nobody is really asking or there's like one or two, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's going to be a big learning curve. You're going to have a lot of deliverables and you're not really going to be having the right return on that investment of time. So to piggyback on what Siobhan said, though, without the Patreon, what what can people be doing to build uh, that community that gets to the point where they actually care enough to ask you for that? Respond to comments. <laughs> Respond, engage with your community. Wherever your community is trying to reach you, uh, that's not true. Respond <laughs> to your community in the place where you want them to be active. <laughs> They're out in the front yard right now, like yelling at us. Yes. Corey's well, like, be very careful about what you say because Ben has a propensity to, to get on the internet and say things to people. Yeah, we don't want him actually talking to anyone. <laughs> I want to ask you about um, the frequency of posting and like content creation. Let's say you're just starting out. How do you know how often to make a video? Like, do you try to just put out as much as you can? Do you mm -hmm. come up with like a calendar? Obviously, you're taking feedback from your listeners and your viewers. But, you know, how do you know is enough to post so that people stay engaged, but not too much that you're spreading yourself too thin? Yeah, super good question. And we we talk with a lot of other reactors as well and have formed like a little sort of a little hub of various reactors to talk about these things and figure out what's working and what maybe isn't working as well. We see new reactors sometimes get online or just new content creators, I should say, and be posting every single day. This can work in certain situations, but if you are dealing with fair use and copyrights, posting every day is a terrible idea because there is a very high likelihood that you will get extra strikes and your channel will be taken down. So to any person that is going into that area and disputing copyright claims, don't do every day. Choose uh, your battles wisely. <laughs> yeah, I really do. It is very important to have regularity. So if you're going to post on Mondays, keep posting on Mondays. Business rhythms. <laughs> yes, business rhythms. I'm just going to be like your, your hype person. Business rhythms. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, it is, we found that it is a sweet spot to keep going at three a week. I originally was doing two a week. Well, I was doing one a week, added a second, then I started doing a third. How many and do you have to do to get three? Because you said that you have like a buffer of like knowing that they may flag you. So do you do, you do five a week or do you have a certain floaters? You're like, okay, if this one goes off, off mm -hmm. into limbo land, we got Phil Collins up next. I would say I average recording and, um, and then, you know, editing and Kirk does the video. I do the audio editing and we put it all back together. 
we get four done usually per week um, to give us some buffer. And sometimes that means that we have videos that are planned out and ready to go in the future and I don't feel well one week. And so I don't record then. So it gives me that buffer now. I didn't used to have that. <laughs> when a video got blocked and there was no way I was going to get unblocked the next day, I'd record the video for that next morning at like 1 a.m. and oh, be God. premiering at 8 a.m. And I just would suck it up. <laughs> Is this the sequity that people need to understand that it's required that if you really do have the... Because one of the things that, you know, our friend Paul Geary, who's a manager in the music world, said to me... Um, is the worst part about getting a number one single is knowing that you have to probably put in a half a million to a million dollars more just to continue that. And the amount of work, it sounds to me like getting to the level that you have is that like, until you are where you are now, like the in-between is so hard. It sounds like it's so demanding that like, if they take you down, you literally have to do all of that again and just deal with it. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, there's things you just got to deal with and just, you know, keep going. It sounds like that uh, was a valuable lesson, uh, creating that buffer. Um, that cachet. With with yeah. how fast your channel has risen in popularity and and, all, and everything you're doing, uh, can you talk about maybe some other really important lessons that you, you, you've kind of learned along the way, you know, whether the hard way or the easy way? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to always be improving your visual, your audio, whatever it is. Uh, just keep making adjustments to improve it because we look at things at the very beginning of the channel and I was like, oh, that, that was pretty good for what I've got. And then a few months later, I was like, oh, that's much better. And a few months later, oh, that's much better. It's, it's little tiny things you just keep tweaking and eventually that production quality does look pretty good. But don't throw something away at the beginning just because you're like, oh, it's not good enough. You you got to get it out. You got to release it. You got to release it and then just say, okay, maybe that's my 90%. I will do better the next time. I will. There are always going to be little things that you find while a video is premiering where you go, oh, I hate the way the color shifted there in the video or something like that. Um, that's where I'm at now. One thing that we hear from all the people that we talk to is that you just have to go. At some point, yeah. you just have to go. So it, you just have to put yourself out there because, I mean, I know I've definitely even worked with artists and I've been this person myself. And, you know, you hear about people like Prince who have more unreleased records than they even have out where, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I have a whole record. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Just put it away. You're like, oh, my God, he's that level of an artist where he's like, so the fact that you are the way that you are and you also have the luxury of being able to pick and choose now, um, <laughs> are you happy that you're able to, ha- to not be so inhibited in sharing your love and passion now. Like you, you said it's not about the money. Uh, yeah. You said it's about sharing the vision. Well, now yeah. it sounds to me like you have a team helping you share the vision. Um, what's the Great. end game for you? Oh, um, end game. Hmm. You know, I feel like I can't really see out 20 years ahead. That feels so uh, enormous to me. I used to look out. 10, 20 years ahead when I was doing opera because there was a more clear path. And I'd say, you know, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty, <laughs> Right? Oh, 2020. <laughs> 2020-D.com, subscribe, lawsymphony.com, chapter three. <laughs> I think that uh, if I'm thinking about long-term goals, we have things like we'd love to continue to expand. We're going to be releasing merch pretty soon. We've been really working on that in the background. That's been intense. And we want to continue to build that community like crazy. 
I'd love to get to the point where I can release a video every single day, but it's not going to be just reaction analysis videos. Uh, it'll be, you know, artist videos like the Freddie Mercury one that we've been working on. Um, it'll be our own music in some ways. Uh, it'll be, I have a video I've been working on about the mechanics of burping. So <laughs> release that. Well, hold on, but do you think, do you think there's a point where, where it's, going to be so much pressure to have a high quality threshold or is it just because you're so natural at what you do that you know you'll never run out of things to be excited about i'm i'm not worried about running out of content I, a lot of creators struggle with that it's just uh actually sean and i had a conversation about this not too long ago i feel like there's sort of two i feel like two different kinds of creators there's the one that i'm in where it's like oh my gosh i want to do this and this and this and this and this and it's like hard to try and get it all out there. I'll bite off more than I can chew a lot of times. But then there are some, If sometimes if the niche is a little bit too narrow, maybe then you start running out of content and it's a like opera. hard to continue to reinvent. Yeah, maybe. But opera is a very deep niche. I don't know. No, maybe no, it is, but it's amazing. So no, but I'm saying <laughs> that like, listen, if you had not done the metal thing, I wouldn't have listened to you. And I'm now enamored with you as a person. And I think that that's fantastic that like you've now made, turned me on to something where I would normally be like, eh, eh. The only person that's ever made me say, hey, opera, that opera thing was Freddie Mercury did an opera record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, helps, it, it helps. I think that Elizabeth, that you're a learner, you know, and I feel like because I experience the same thing. It's like I'm always wanting to learn something new. And then I always by, by doing that, get an idea of something that I want to do on my own, you know. So the, mm-hmm. like all these things you talk about that you're taking different lessons and you're continuing with your singing. And like, I feel like that really does help you just stay on the on the ball all the time of like having new ideas. You're just constantly in that like she creative runs in the emotion. Morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I think um, one of the big lessons uh, that that I've learned too, I guess I've had it all along some, but I think it's just contributed to my success in various areas of life enormously is I am continually investing in myself. You know, that might be beatboxing boxing lessons. It might be that I need to go to yoga, <laughs> like you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I, absolutely. I relate to that. I, yeah. Essentially, if I'm the face of the charismatic voice, I need to make sure that my information is fresh. I need to make sure that I'm fresh. <laughs> I need to I need to keep that. Uh, I want to provide value. And if I'm part of that value, I have to make sure that I am valuable by investing in myself. That's amazing. That's an amazing statement. So well, it's cool. a really empowering statement because you know what, like for people, but like also for like women and for singers, because you say charismatic voice, but like you're, you're very confident. Like when, when I said to you, like, do you ever think, you know, you'll like run out of, run out of um, content or something, you know, you didn't miss a beat <laughs> and like, look, because you're so passionate about music and you know that there's enough music out there that you're never going to be bored. And the fact that you didn't, that you didn't miss a beat and, and you literally, that's why people are going to, you're going to continue to grow this. This is going to continue to be a thing because that authenticity, like it is a real thing. And like, you can't make that up. Like you can't make another Elizabeth. Like that's not something that's scalable other than using your channels, but there's not going to make another one of you. There's just going to be people doing, taking the ideas. But the, the X factor is the fact that if you put you in a room, you're going to be the same way, whether there's a million people watching you or zero people watching you. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Same Elizabeth. So just kind of getting into the way that you've handled, uh, you know, all these different decisions, because, you know, you said from the beginning in our first episode, 
you were, I forget what you're doing, but you heard, you know, that you could possibly make video game music and you're like, oh, I want to do that. How do I do that? Yeah. That jump from, I want to do that to how do I do that is not a jump that many people think they can make. And it seems like throughout your career, you've made that decision several times. Um, what's, yeah. what's your mindset on, on that, uh, from that angle of, of how, how has your trajectory been guided by your decisions of following what you want to do? Now, this is, this is something I don't think that I've nurtured intentionally and developed. It's something that has been pointed out to me a few times um, where like even going back to when I was a kid and going to this Bach festival in Lake Chelan in the middle of Washington state, I was like 10 or 11 years old. Do you want a I decided, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> J.S. Bach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, um, the choir is singing these extremely complicated things. So I was like, I can sing them. Whatever. I'm going to sing with the choir. And there was no part of my brain that was like, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I think that's and an so element of like many 10 or 11-year-old. And my mom was singing in the choir. I'd practiced with her in the car and like sung along for funsies. And then I just went to choir rehearsal for funsies. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to perform with them. Because I wanted to and I could do it. And, uh, yeah, I think that I kind of have like maybe a part of my brain missing that says... You know, I thought you were positive. You have an extra piece of your brain, right? It's an extra piece. Maybe. Well, one of the, Maybe, but it has happened a few times. Well, we've said this like, about a lot of people, and I firmly believe this, is that anyone who wants to be hyper-successful um, almost at anything, but def most definitely with music, is missing something inherently. Um, and either has a personality flaw or, or they're just like, oh yeah, they're delusional. Neurosis. But like one of the, I, I don't even know if this is a true quote, but like the story definitely holds true. It's never true. stopped you before. It's, so. it's, well, it's I know, right, false information. Um, but somebody told me a quote about Bono where they asked Bono from U2, did you oh, ever think you'd be in the biggest band of all time? And he said, I always knew I was in the biggest band. I just wasn't sure when the rest of the world was going to figure it out. And like that <laughs> mindset, that mindset, that audacity, that that total owning. Like, you know, when you talk, you hear a guy like Gene, uh, 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 the Gene Simmons of, of Kiss Talk. He's just like, I created this personality and I basically told them I'm God and now I can release anything and they'll buy it. And they do. <laughs> and they do. Like he manifested it. Like God bless Gene Simmons and Kiss and the capitalism that is that thing. But like <laughs> that is uh, the kind of reckless abandon I think and the missing part you have to have is that ever thinking that maybe I might fail because the fact that you hmm. just like put yourself out there you're like ah not only am I going to do video game music I'll learn how the coding works on this thing and interacts with that thing and then figure out all the interdimensional layers so that it can be like a real time like you know <laughs> it's kind of like AI meets classical music and it's great because you can make decisions because one of the things that's constrictive about classical music is the fact that so you're I, I just want to I want to point exactly. out right now because because I've watched so many of your videos the vein on Ben's neck right now is that good vocal technique <laughs> I have to say, speaking of comments, my favorite comment that we've ever gotten on one of our videos is someone said that Ben his voice sounds like a cigarette smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great comment. I, I had a, uh, a comment one time. This is, this is just legendary now. It said, your left eyebrow is thicker than the other one, but nice video. <laughs> 
well, now you know the video was really nice because that's as honest as it comes. <laughs> and so I re- responded back that that was the eyebrow with superpowers. <laughs> I love, I love it. That's amazing. Oh my god. No, but I think that what, to to go back to what everyone was saying, yeah, that that fundamental belief that like you have this idea and this vision in your head and really believing it and just going and doing it like that. You're right. That's a leap that a lot of people don't take. And it's like coming from classical music. I totally understand like people worrying like, oh, is this going to be accepted? Is this good enough? Like uh, there, there's a lot of judgment. Next single, that goes, acceptance from lostsymphony.com. Right. There's, there's a lot of judgment that, that goes on. And I think, yeah, there is mm-hmm. a risk involved with putting yourself out there on the internet and doing something and having to deal with that, you know, the commentary that comes from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, I think maybe I've often been focused more on the experience and I haven't said, oh, that end goal has to be good enough for this thing. Uh, you know, with the, with the singing in the choir, I'd been practicing it all along. And so when I was singing and and practicing with them, there was sort of no reason why I wouldn't just perform with them as well. Mm -hmm. I I think if you are in that experience and you're working towards something, even if you don't, like, it's like, if you aim for the moon, at least you shoot the sky, right? (laughs) Maybe that's a different (laughs) one. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Well, like, yeah. What you said that's so important isn't part of it knowing that you are good enough regardless of what people say. Um, and mm-hmm. that and that seems to be like you you could look people deadpan and say, you just said it again. I've practiced. Like, I know how to do this. Like, I'm supposed to be here. And the fact that you are like that is why, like, whether people hate on it or they don't hate on it, like, you know that you're doing the right thing. And I think that that is why you're the charismatic voice is because you, you've you known you've been doing the right thing. And when people have told you you're doing the wrong thing, you've corrected it and then continue to do the right thing. Yeah, I, you have to be open to, to that guidance because I, it's growth. I love growth. I love being a person that is continually growing and evolving. And if I don't listen to feedback, how can I get better? Right. Yeah. Now, don't listen to feedback from the wrong people, though. Yeah. Just like a little grain of salt. Uh, I love with uh, operatic career, you would essentially, as Matthew Epstein gave some really good advice to a bunch of young artists at one point, had to assemble your team of people that you trust. So I will trust feedback from these coaches, this voice teacher, this conductor. And if you're getting feedback from somebody outside of that, they probably aren't qualified to give you that feedback. So accept feedback from qualified people. Now, our regular audience is qualified. What a to diss. Give me feedback. I, I only accept feedback from a qualified. I'm going to use that on like my next <laughs> troll on, on like Lost Symphony. It's going to be my, my mom being like, Ben, you need to go clean your room. I'll, I accept feedback from better people than you. Yeah. So, well, if she you listened know, to everyone, she would have shaved off an eyebrow at this point. So it's better than <laughs> Well, maybe she's getting threaded. I don't know. <laughs> Did you, so want, did you talk to your husband and, and do you have some local like lady that does that for free and you shout her out on your show on your store uh, on your show because that's what you should be like I have 10 million people watching me on this video thread my eyebrows it's $27 lady I'll give you the tip in cash there's a comment look at this comment she, she's 7, much nicer than likes. you are Ben you would totally milk all that but she's, she's much nicer I get than my, you are. I get them done now for free <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks no, to my I, girls. I think uh, we did an April Fool's video where my husband actually got a wig to look like me, and I drew eyebrows on him, one that was thicker than the other. So we just just taking that. It's like it's improv, right? Yeah. We've done improv for opera and acting, too. Yes, and <laughs> it has superpowers. 
<laughs> so funny. I love that you said, though, that it's a process. And I think that's one thing that I've learned in what little videos I've done is that, you know, you have to revel in the idea of this being a step in the right direction. You know, it's never going to achieve absolute perfection. And that every time, like you said, you just have to do it and it's going to get better next time. You learn from each video that you post, yeah. from the comments that you get. And Siobhan, it's so important to realize like that's part yell? of it. I'm not even going to laugh at your jokes anymore. Was, I'm just going to give you a, a poker face. <laughs> Is it po- 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 poker face? Are you sure that's what she's saying? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Curb stomping. the. I think as you're in that process of growing, um, as long as you sort of know where your true north is, which is comes back to that, what what's your goal? And if you know where that is and you just keep trying to go towards it, whatever the tools are, the things that you're learning, you know, like, oh, I want to learn beatboxing. Why? Because it helps me understand another aspect of vocal or just human creation of music so that I can help increase vocal and music appreciation among other people. As long as it keeps tying back into that, your growth will be in the right direction. Is beatboxing like one of those things that like now, because you do acapella stuff, you, like, you, you go in with your girls and you're like, I just learned something totally <laughs> freak like we got drums now like it's it's like going to a band you've been playing guitar and all of a sudden like there's a seven piece drum kit except the drum kit is you uh yeah the first time i put it into an acapella arrangement i was like oh oh this sounds so dope now <laughs> should you reverse you know, okay, reverse snare uh snare like a to- like a tommy lee motley crew thing except with your voice like do the day you should do the sucking noise yep like yeah. that kind of thing oh my yeah. god i no, love it already kind of cool sounds you could do anything no. you can go anywhere with that voice I, I gotta say, most of the time, like, once you get a like a sound in vocal percussion, which is like the like fancy way of saying beatboxing, uh, <laughs> once you get a sound that's really cool, it's super awesome. So if I go like that, is a sound that's just the kick sound I've been working on a bunch, and it sounds so much better than it used to. Um, but the problem is that when you're working on sounds, like I have been trying to work on a specific sta- snare sound. And it just sounds like flatulence at first. <laughs> I'm like, there's an awkward thing to practice. And there's spit everywhere. Yes. And if you can't laugh at yourself in that growth process, then you should probably not be taking lessons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's just absolutely hilarious and oh fun. Oh my gosh. So I want to ask a question going back to the business side of things. How did mm-hmm. you learn how to scale your business? Because I think that's something <laughs> that is probably really hard to learn. Like if you don't have a business background, this is something that you inevitably have to deal with when you get a large amount of work and you have to figure out how to spread it among other people. And Delegation. You know, how, yeah. But how, like, how did you learn how to do that? And at what point did you start having to do that? That... That has been the last year is learning how to be a boss. Like literally, it's it's so difficult. You learn how to give directions when you're teaching, of course. And I've done that, you know, both with the individuals and group classes. That's that's different than having a person you need to give directions to for all of their full time work. And that's it's really been a learning experience for me. Uh, thank goodness for Paolo, who is so patient. Uh, as I've learned how to become more clear with directions. It's so hard to learn exactly how many words to give, but not give so many so that their creativity is stifled. You know, it's, it's a difficult thing. Uh, 
definitely a process of growth in there. One of the greatest things and assets to me, though, has been that my husband majored in business. So <laughs> he's helps. helped very much. <laughs> and we've discussed a lot. Uh, I also um, I did join a group of women's entrepreneurs called The Doors Way, and that helped me understand business in slightly uh, friendlier terms. So the first time the husband pulled out, like, here's your business plan. I was like, oh, my God, that's so much paper. It's such tiny writing. Um, You're like, so. don't you have an iPad, bro? <laughs> right. That It's still tiny writing on the iPad, well, you're, though. You're, you're, I was going to say, you're, but your technology. You'd be like, here's the hologram. Yeah. Where's Obi-Wan Kenobi? You are my only No, hope. but it's like a different language. It really is. It's like a different. It's hard. Yeah. Right. HTML. So uh, being part of a women's entrepreneur group was very helpful because then I felt inspired by some of the women around me, seeing how they were making these leaps and having it just reframed into a way that was more digestible was helpful. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I've grown uh, and expanded beyond that as well at this point. So now I can understand the big boy business terms, but I, I couldn't. I just couldn't digest it a year ago. Do you ago. go back and share impossible. it with the, with, with the people that when you were first trying to do that? Like, I mean, because I can only surmise that the women in your community that you've like worked with must be like, you go, girl, you are a boss lady. Because you sound like the biggest <laughs> boss lady I've ever, I've ever talked to. That's exactly, that's exactly that's that's the woman, whole time. That's I'm what women like, sound like, right? I would love, no, because one like thing that Dan Beck, who used to be in charge of all these amazing artists, <laughs> epic, like worked with Michael Jackson, used to say is that the, quali- the quality of your career in, in in the entertainment world is judged by really the quality of problems that you have. And it sounds oh, yeah. like the problems that you have are becoming higher and higher and higher quality. Yeah. That's, I feel like that is strangely true. You know, the problem at first it was, well, how, how do I take my time and turn it into some kind of money? And now it's like, how do I make time for myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You're like, I can't take enough money off the table, but like, I need to breathe, man. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. And then keeping in mind that I have to continue that investment in myself, which means time in myself. So instead of thinking like, oh, but I'm, if I was teaching private lessons during this time, I could, I could make more money and then we mm-hmm. could have a nicer car. Like, no. I have a very important How question. About? Yeah. When you're doing Dungeons and Dragons. Do you allow for like what's happening in life? Like if someone messed up in the business or like you're mad at them to penetrate the Dungeons and Dragons or like if you're a paladin and you're just like a lower level, uh, you know, like orc or something like that, like is that level actually kept in the Dungeons and Dragons world on the Saturday or are you like, I'm going to fire you. You're my husband. I'm going to fire you though. (laughs) Like I am the charismatic voice. Player knowledge is separate from character knowledge. Rule. Rule has to be such a rule. Cannot spill over. Otherwise, you destroy your campaign, and that's the most important thing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's some serious commitment. But that's like, so does everyone like have like a pact? Is it like a blood pact where you talk to your husband and then you talk to your friends and you get couples and you're like, listen, you got to really do this. Like, this is serious. Like, if you for one second tell me that you have a Ferrari and I have to tell you how many views I have and look at and show you stuff because you think that you could win because because the dice didn't for you. We're done. I don't think Marsha's going to do it. I think Marsha's going to break character and she's going to pull that elitist shit and we can't have it. Yeah, Marsha probably wouldn't be invited to the campaign. <laughs> it's about that that time where we go completely off the rails, uh, you know, near the end of our yeah. second episode. <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> 
But, but speaking of, on, on another note, well, related, but when it comes to strategy and like coming up with ideas for how to engage with your audience is, how do you go about coming up, like, like let's say in regards to the Patreon, I don't know much about Patreon, to be honest, so I might be asking questions that people already know the answer to, but do you get suggestions of the type of things that you should be doing to help engage with your audience? Or is there some, is it self-directed? Like you, like the idea of playing Dungeons and Dragons on Saturday? Like, is that something that you came up with? Or is that something that a lot of people are doing? Or I'm just curious because these are amazing things. It's very oh. cool. Like it's all these different ways that you're engaging with the people that follow you. Like, where did that idea come from? Or like, where did any of the ideas come from for how to build this J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the idea for Dungeons and Dragons came up because me and my husband like playing Dungeons and Dragons and we're like other people like it too other people stream it let's just call it the charismatic voice and make an all bard campaign and and have fun so that's that's actually a small part of engagement in the community sure, it's sure. really fun uh, i think a, a lot of the engagement is literally just coming from comments and asking people and not uh it is about research you know, I'll go and I'll look at another channel and how they're engaging or look at another Patreon and see how they're engaging, how they're doing. We have all kinds of background data. Um, and this is, we just love data as much as possible. When when are people engaging the most with the channel? Uh, where are our viewers from? Uh, what kinds of things, you know, how long do they watch the video? There's all kinds of analytics in the background of YouTube that really inform us about that. So we just love having tons of data that can explain like what's happening out there. So we'll go and research it from other channels. When we were looking at merch, we looked at like the top 20 merch sales and from one website that we found, looked at what they were selling, what brands were supplying that as well. So do, doing a lot of thorough research, I think is very important. Did that with reaction channels when I was really trying to form my brand as a reaction as well and said, I like this, I like this, I like this, I don't like this. And this is the visual appearance that I came up with. We came up with words for it. So it is a lot of strategy. Um, but I think it's important that you don't just take data from out there, but you also directly ask people. So we go to our patrons and we say, what would you like to see in Patreon when we revise the tiers? We've done this multiple times. We say, what kind of merch do you want? We have all kinds of voting mechanisms. It's their community, so they should be able to shape it too. So we ask them what they want. <laughs> Just literally ask. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I'm very passionate about asking. Yeah. That's great. No, but I mean, I, I, it's amazing how many things go into building what is the charismatic voice or what is any of the different channels that people have. And it's, there's probably a huge misconception that it's like, Oh yeah, I spent 30 minutes doing a video and there it is. And there's all this, it's like the tip of the iceberg. There's all this stuff yeah. that's beneath it. And so it's really yeah. amazing to hear the process behind it. And well, you know, the trajectory that you've gone through over the Sounds last like it's more of like the tip of the Zuckerberg. That's <laughs> <laughs> something. Miss. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're supposed to do the boom, boom chink with your, 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 your beatboxing. No, it's incredible what you've built and and it's it's been a treat to, to watch your videos and learn from you both on there and as well as our our discussion here tonight um so for anyone that is listening or watching please please go check out elizabeth at the charismatic voice on youtube and her website the charismatic voice.com check out the patriot patreon elizabeth patriot. <laughs> we're just losing Jara. our words today it's a beautiful name it's like cellar door you know, it's poetic. <laughs> it's French. Everything French sounds better. It's like, it, and especially if you say it in an English accent, like Jaroff, 
You know, like it's better. <laughs> we'll have and then links. Then you say it to like a plane speaker, it's even better than that. Oh my gosh! Exactly. We'll have links in the description to find all of Elizabeth's stuff. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys. I think you're just such awesome people. It's been really fun to get to know oh, you. Oh, thank you. No, you it's so well. fun to get to know you too. It was great watching your videos. You're such a, a radiant personality, and it just comes through. You know, like the video, the audio. However, people are listening or watching this, it's like. You can just imagine the way that you are. And it's so cool. I, I can't wait to go watch more of your videos. And Thanks. Very yes. cool yeah, to I meet you. I can't wait to more of your stuff, too. Well, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much. It, it really, oh, you know, it's like one of those things where people say that they know you because, like, they've heard so much of your voice or whatever. Here comes the like, epic end rant, by the way, yeah. for everyone that's no, but, used but to it by I, now. I'm saying that I really appreciate what you do. And, and I guess my... Uh, would you like honor us where we could send you like the records of what we have and will you take the time to listen because that's like asking you to do yeah. what you get paid to do for free <laughs> but like honest because it's like you know people are like hey can you listen to my song and it's like some random dude I'm like no dude I, I literally I get paid to do this so like I don't want to be like hey but like it really would mean the world uh, to, to me after watching all your videos if you just listened because man I, I find you awesome and I really I, it takes a lot to calm me down and like you <laughs> It truly does. Me. And we appreciate <laughs> well, I really that. appreciate the time that you guys give me today. And I feel like it is a very, very fair return to say, of course, I'll listen to your music. Send it to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very so much. Sweet, Add your address and we definitely will. <laughs> there we go. Very cool. So, guys, Thank check so out 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe, please. Are we doing that right? Are we getting all the subscription stuff in there? And the charismatic voice at everything dot everything dot everything everywhere. And go to the Patreon. I mean, it's not like she needs your help, but like you want to help because like what she's doing is the same thing as Bob Ross. She's helping the world learn about music the best way possible because she wants to teach. So let 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 the lady teach. Just let her do it. Let her do it all the time. Let her employ all of her friends. Let her employ all the smart people that she knows because she's on to something. And like I yes. love it, I literally making love the world it. a better and place. And with all the reaction, like all the noise out there, like this is not noise. This is total <laughs> harmony amongst the dissonance. <laughs> and on that note, you've been 2020. See you next time. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it on YouTube, on Spotify. It's available everywhere. And uh, check out this week's throwback clip from episode number 71 featuring Jason Leckberg of Leckberg Enterprises. I, I, can't, I cannot overstate how important just showing up is. Being there and knowing what you need to do and being professional when you're there, that is, it is so much of it. Because, you know, we've talked about this and the stuff that, you know, when we've had meetings talking about the music you guys are making, at a certain point, the public just gets to decide, right? You do all the things that you have to do. But those things that you have to do, you have to do them. And you have to do them over and over and over. And it's nauseating, it's exhausting, and it feels like it never gets to an end. Uh, I heard an awesome quote the other day that I've, I've been loving, which is that success is not uh, joy, it's relief. Because if you're that person that has worked that hard at a dream, when you get success, you're not like, oh my God, I'm saying you're just like, holy crap, yeah. I can breathe. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast.